0: Josh Haas. Um, Josh is awesome, and uh, he does so much here, and he's he's so like. Underground, He's doing stuff that no one knows about, like, like an assistant pastor does. So um, those of you who don't know Josh, he's, he's kind of, um, he, he's like a ninja for healthy relationships and just the guru of health. Internally here uh, is our in or our grow pastor, and uh, man, we're so appreciative of you. But more importantly, he's my friend who is also a Browns fan. So, yes, thank you. Love you, man. Thank you. And um, I'm going to set my slides up. While I'm doing that, though, I do want to congratulate Aaron and Nicole on their silver medal today. (laughs) Which I think is the second year in a row that they've won the silver medal. Who's counting, though? Yes. All right, let me get into my... If I can get into it, are we set up... There we go. All right, well, um, I'm going to finish out the series we've been doing for, this is part five of our Armor and Arrow series. And um, Aaron's done a really great job of kind of bringing us into some truths that I think are very important for us. And um, he gave us this idea a few weeks ago And even before we started the series, he started talking about the parts of the arrow and um, what that looks like. And so the parts of the arrow, you have the tip, which he brought out a really cool insight that that kind of symbolizes the new generation as it relates to us. And then you have the shaft, which is the middle generation, which is driving things. So the the tip is is maybe the the new generation that's at the cutting edge of the the point. Middle generation is driving things, and then the fletching, those are the feather parts of the arrow. That's the mature generation um, that guides and steers things. And I love an analogy. I love a good analogy. It helps me wrap my brain around things a little bit better. And so, one of the things when he was talking about this that I I wanted to, to think about is where am I on this arrow? Which I'd invite you to think about, where are you on this arrow? I think when I came in, I was still on the shaft, but I was a little closer to the tip, and now I'm moving a little bit closer to the fletching. I um, used to be one of the old young people, and now I think I'm one of the young old people as we're going on here. Um, But it's not just, you know, and we are probably at different areas of our life at any point on that continuum. And, and so maybe here in this congregation, I'm more in the middle, but if I go into Pastor Greg's Band of Brothers group, I'm more on the tip in that group. And so it depends on, on where we are and, and what situation that we're in. Um, I like this analogy so much, it really got me thinking because I don't know a whole lot, I'm not a hunter, but I did um, raise an Eagle Scout, so I know a little bit about arrows. And there's one part that Aaron didn't mention and it kind of got in my brain a little bit is That is the knock The knock is the end of the arrow that little part that connects to the bowstring when you launch it Okay And so I thought well god you gave Aaron this wonderful insight about where we are in the different parts of arrow What might the knock symbolize? And so um, If we're the arrows that are launched to hit the targets wherever we go. It's important for me before I even get to the, to the knock to think about what this is all about. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. This is one of our core values, equipping believers. What that means is we are getting people ready to go out and affect the world around them. Upper room is not just about you coming here and being a part of church. Upper room is actually about sending you out, launching the arrows, okay? And so wherever you may be, there is a structure that launches you out, and upper room is that structure the church structure is the bow in this analogy so before I can get to the knock I need to tell you what the bow is the bow is the structure of upper room when we started this 25 years ago the structure looked a little bit different than it does today the original bow that started by Pastor Greg was a little bit smaller of a building a little bit different style of service but it did what it needed to do it launched arrows which is us, out into the community. Now, a little bit, fast forward a little bit later, when we came into this building, we got a little bit of an upgrade on our bow. Okay? And it got a little bit better. It could do a few more things. And the structure of the church, now keep in mind, I'm talking about the church structure. The church is the people, but the structure, the organization, the building, the programs, the things that we do to make us gather together as upper room, that's what happened well we're actually in the midst of another upgrade and we're going to a new level and we're building on over here and our church structure is growing a little bit more okay now we even when that's all done when that's all said and done when we get this phase of building done there will still be more that could be done and maybe one day we'll be up to this But the the point is, this is just the structure that is used to launch the arrows, we being the arrows, to affect the areas that we touch. And so, saying that, what I believe that the uh, knock is, I believe the knock symbolizes our connection and commitment to the church structure here. Okay? And so... What that could mean, there are several ways we decide our commitment. We commit on different levels. There are several things that we can do for that. These are just a few ways that we get knocked into the bowstring of this church. Is tithing. Tithing is something that we believe in here. We believe in tithing to our local church. And um, it is a, a, a way that we can commit and say we are going to sacrifice And we are going to give so that this church can be be something more than it might be without us taking part of it. Another thing we do is is we have a family wall outside. As you go out these doors, just before you get outside, if you turn left into that, that room there, there's a wall that we invite people. If you have agreed to be a part of this church, attend regularly, tithe to this church, we invite you to put your picture up on that wall. It's pretty fun to go in there and see who has decided that they want to commit to this church and look whose picture's on their wall. Maybe a year or so ago, I was realizing my kids looked really little in that picture and it had been a while since I checked it out, so I went in and updated it. So even if you have your picture up there, I want to invite you to go check your picture out and think, gosh, those kids of mine are really short in that picture. Maybe it's time to update it. Okay? I recommend when if you if you do Christmas cards that's a perfect time to go out there put your Christmas card picture up there saying that you're committed to help support pray for this church come regularly participate and give to this church body another thing we do is we sign up to serve there are all kinds of service activities if you want to go out to the, the table as you go out you can find out all about what those things might be outreach we um, recently, this has been Serve Week. The Declare has started in our church. We want to have our impact. I went out and, and I helped at Habitat for Humanity. You know, I, I can represent our church as we go out into the community. Pastor Steve has a lot of different kinds of outreaches, from going out and giving Thanksgiving dinners, handing out things at Valentine's Day, or or like the grab-and-go bags we just did a couple of weeks ago, that you can take with you. And you can bless somebody. And that is you getting knocked into the bowstring of this church and saying that you're a part of this. And then one other way that we say that we are knocked into this church is we invite other people. We invite other people to come and be a part of what we're doing and what we're, we're, um, where we're going. To simplify that, an old kind of way of saying that I heard growing up is we give to the church, and especially to God, our time, our treasure, and our talents. Have you ever heard that before? That's what we're talking about, is I am knocked in to this church by what, what I pour into it, because it will infinitely pour more back into me than I could ever give to it. <clears throat> Another thing Aaron mentioned um, that I liked about this idea of arrows is sometimes as you're an arrow and, and you're ready to be launched— Sometimes you're waiting in the quiver. And the quiver is that, if you don't know anything about archery, the quiver is that little bag that you put the arrows in that you when, when you're going out, so you're not carrying just a big pile of arrows with you. You have to stow them in something. So sometimes in life, you are ready to be launched, but God's got you in the quiver, and he's just preparing you. Or maybe you're getting drawn back. Okay, He's You're knocked, you're ready to launch, but it feels like you're going backwards in life. Anybody ever feel like you're in God's will, but life feels like it's going backwards, it's because he's getting ready to launch you. And sometimes you have to go back so that and be humbled so that you can get ready to go out and go forward where he wants you to go. Some of us are being released and you're sailing toward the target and the place that God has sent you. And some of you have actually hit the target and you're waiting to be retrieved so that he can draw you back and send you to a new target. Okay? so it all depends on where you are but i was thinking about this analogy and as i was thinking about this i was looking up on amazon and different sites because like i say i'm i'm not a hunter and really not an archer so i don't know how much all this stuff costs but between arrows if you bought about 6 really high quality arrows and a really good bow or crossbow and maybe even a case, it would be nothing to drop three thousand dollars on this kind of thing. I've owned cars that cost less than that. <laughs> and I could buy all of this stuff and have all of these things together. But there's I was looking on YouTube for archery tricks, and there's this guy, I'm not going to play the video, but I'm showing you a picture of him. There's this guy named Lars Anderson. Has anybody ever seen or heard? Okay. If you haven't, just look up Lars Anderson Archery. And um, he has done some amazing stuff. So the, he tried to do for like his 500th, 1000th subscriber. He did this trick shot that you can see it um, jump in the air, shoot a fast bow motion, shoot through a keyhole, cut a string blindfolded and you can see him do it now he said it took him about three hours to get there I don't care how long it took you the fact that it happened is amazing and so I was thinking you know I could spend three thousand five thousand ten thousand dollars on a bow and some arrows and I don't think I would ever get there it doesn't matter how good of equipment i have how great the arrows how great the church is the the structure how awesome the believers are there what i started to realize as i was going down this path is it doesn't matter as much where you are on the arrow what kind of arrow you have or even what kind of bow you have what really matters is who is your archer who is your archer and a lot of us are struggling so much because we're trying to find the right target when what we really need to do is find the right archer. This is Galatians five, sixteen through 18 I'll start with. This is the Apostle Paul he writes this but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit against are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law i want to point something out about this scripture It does not say that it is wrong for you to have desires. It is a problem where those desires might come from, though. And so desires aren't bad. We have goals in life. We have things that we want to go after, things that we want to go through. And it isn't just that we die and we say, well, God, whatever. No, he wants to put desires in our hearts. But if we're not careful, we'll settle for the wrong desire. If we don't have the right archer, we're going to point ourselves toward the wrong target. And so I want to ask you, there are other archers you can choose other than Jesus. There are other things that can point you toward a target other than Jesus. And so uh, let me move on here to Galatians. I'll continue. Galatians 5, this is 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Don't read down that list and think, well, I haven't got those. Look at the ones that you do have. Look at the ones that you have wrestled with. Don't look at your neighbor and think, well, I know he's got that one. He better read this. Look at the ones that are your hang-ups. Those are there for you to consider. What what are the ones that you... I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to say, Jesus said the kingdom is is at hand. It's not just saying... When you die, you're not going to heaven. It's saying the kingdom is here and now. If you're walking in those ways, you are not inheriting the kingdom today in your life. You're missing the target that he would have for you. Here are a few things, a few archers that you might have chosen intentionally or unintentionally. Fear is an archer. Fear will motivate us towards certain targets that that Jesus would not. Fear is almost always based on facts, but not on truth. You can say, you can do a huge list of things of reasons why you should be afraid. There's a story in the Old Testament I won't get too deeply into, but just right when Israel's getting ready to go in the promised land, their new leader, Joshua, sends 12 spies into the land to scope it out, to see where their target should be. And 10 of them come back and say, oh my gosh, it's great except for their are giants and we can't handle this. And two of them come back and say, we can do this. We can handle this. The ones that came back and said they couldn't do that had fear as their archer that's what was pointing them to the target now they both hit the same target they both went to the same place you can go to the same place you can hit the same target but if you don't have the right archer you're not going to have the same result two of them said God is with us we can handle this now that's a whole other study on its own but I heard um, a quote from Bill Johnson in regards to fear and even complaining he said this if God inhabits my praise who inhabits my complaints who's your archer when you complain what are your complaints shooting you toward the second one is greed or selfishness you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons because you want to self promote because you don't feel secure about yourself So you have to prove that you're good enough or you have to acquire because you don't feel like you have enough because you don't trust God to provide for you. Greater selfishness can be your archer. Convenience can be an archer. Short-term gratification, addiction, laziness, that's all in convenience. What's the easiest, most simple way that you can get to something? More on that in a minute. Strife. Strife can be your archer. I have to prove that God loves me. I have to prove that I'm a good Christian. I have to show everybody around me, and I'm always anxious and worried that if I don't do the right thing, God's not going to think I'm good enough. If you are going through strife, I heard Steve Backlin say this, Anytime I focus more on what I need to do than on what he, meaning Jesus, has done, I'm putting my faith in the words of the law, rather than the work of Jesus. If I'm focused on what I have to do, more than on what Jesus has done, I'm going to fall short, because I can never do enough. And then finally, good but not best. There are any number of targets that you could hit that would be really good targets, but God has given you charge over discerning and deciding what are you going after, with him, Where is he pointing you? There are a lot of good things that you could do, but you have to let him point you toward the best. When we have the wrong archer, what we tend to do is just focus on the target. In other words, we're, we focus on what we need to do instead of why we are doing what we're doing. When we have the right archer, we know why we're doing it. Jesus is why we're doing it. Jesus is why we're going after that target. Now, let me tell you a few things that having the right archer does not mean. Having the right archer does not mean things will be easy. Will somebody, if you can do this, I'll give you a dollar. I'm cheap, but I'll give you a dollar if you can do this. Name one person in the Bible who was following the Lord that had an easy life. I got a dollar. They're not there. You won't find it. Okay? There is, Jesus himself did not have an easy life. Life is hard, but it's also good. It's also very good. Here's the other thing is your target doesn't always match your gifts. That is shocking. Sometimes God points you in a direction that you feel uncomfortable with. You feel awkward with it. You feel weak in. And he's still pointing you that way. The Apostle Paul was an educated scholar, Jewish scholar. He got sent to the Gentiles. The Apostle Peter was a fisherman who got sent to the Jews. That's not the way I would have done it. But that's how the archer did it. That's how he sent them. Here's something else. Um, If Jesus is your archer, you might not always get to to pick the target. Um, I'll back up one slide if you could, Devin. (laughs) See, the arrow doesn't choose the target, the archer does. And so, if Jesus is your archer, he may put you in situations that you are like, I don't know why I'm here. And he's like, yeah, that's good because I'm letting you grow. I'm going to point you towards something that's uncomfortable. And I think a lot of times he is less concerned about getting to the target than he is the journey toward the target. It matters to him you, you are participating with him on that journey. So what you want to do is you want to say yes to the archer, and then when he points you there, you say yes to the target. Say yes to where he's pointing you. The other thing is the arrow, the arrow which is us, does not always choose the bow. He may put you in a congregation because he wants you there, If he's called you there, that's all that matters. If he's called you there, that's all that's important. The other thing, John 15, 16, Jesus says this. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Don't get confused to think that you're actually choosing Jesus. No, he chose you. But you are accepting his choice of you. You get the free will to accept that he already chose you. you know that you've accepted Jesus as your archer. Proof of that is when things get difficult and you don't leave him. Everybody thinks they have a great relationship with Jesus when things are going good. You don't know if you've chosen him or if you've accepted his choice of you unless things get hard. And that's why you can say, I rejoice in trials because one of the reasons you can rejoice in trials is I know I'm still following him because things are hard. Amen. Otherwise, if things were easy and I was following him, I wouldn't know if I'm just following him because because it's to my advantage and everything feels good. One last thing I want to mention is don't assume that your old target Will be your new target. Once you've hit your target, He may have a new place for you to go after that. Your target is where He points you, where He shows you to go. I, I want to read um, Galatians 5:16 through 20, or 5:22 uh, through 24. This is the end of that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. The fruit of the Spirit is the sign, is is a sign that we're going toward the right target with the right archer. As the fruit... Now, I want you to also notice up there, it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit. All of that comes from the Spirit. All of those things. Do not confuse that with if I do those things and I strive to make those happen, I have the right archer. Following the right archer makes those things come out of you. Trying to make those things happen doesn't make you follow the right archer, though. I could try to do those things on my own without him, And I might do a halfway decent job on a few of those. But if I let him direct and guide me, and I trust that he's shooting me and he's sending me where I need to go, those will come out of me. Because I'm letting him. It is a fruit that comes out of me of the Spirit. Here's the other thing I realized. God can do any trick shot. He can shoot through 10 keyholes and sever 10 ropes blindfolded with both arms tied behind his back with a broken bow and a bent arrow. <laughs> if you have the right archer, those other things will come into line because he's going to choose the arrow and the bow. But if you don't have the right archer, it may not matter whatever things are coming into place I feel like this is important right now as we're expanding and building it can be really easy for us to start thinking about this nice bow we're getting which is great I'm happy for that but we need to remember who our archer is I want to just I'm going to finish up this morning so I want to invite keyboard or somebody to come up here I want to give you a chance to make this practical. I want to let you ask God a question. And the way he answers is the first thing that you think of or the impulse as long as it's good. So, you know, if God is telling you to hate everybody, that's not God. Okay? But if it's a good thing, it doesn't contradict the Bible, you know, and it, and it comes to your mind, there's a good chance it's probably God. So assume it's God until something contradicts it. I'm going to have you ask God this question to see if he's your archer. Ask him this. Assume the position, whatever you need to do. Close your eyes if it helps. If you can do it with your eyes open, that's fine. Ask him if there's anything that he has given you to do that you have not done yet? Is there anything that He has given you to do that you have not done yet? If you're sensing something, write it down. Purpose to do that. Talk with Him. Do not let fear be your archer. Do not let convenience be your archer. Let Him direct you toward I'm going to invite prayer teams to come up. If and that's right now. Come on up prayer teams. If God showed you something, I'd invite you to take a next step and tell somebody about that to make this real. Maybe God has called you to follow Him and you never accepted that. Maybe Jesus chose you and you never accepted Him to choose you. This would be a great day to say, "I want to follow Him." Whatever that may be, if and if, if you're completely in line, you, if you followed everything that He's chosen to do. Ask Him, "What's next? What's next?" Let's pray as we close this. Morning. Lord, I thank you that you are the great archer thank you that you can take whatever kind of arrows we are wherever we are on the arrow and take this bow structure that we have and you can hit any target as long as we allow you to be our archer I pray this morning as we give to you those things that you called us to you remind us of those things that we would partner with you to hit those targets you called us to In Jesus' name, I pray that you strengthen us and empower us to go after the things of you. Amen. I want to invite you to come up and receive prayer, or just come up if you just want to spend some time with Jesus, and he's told you some things, that you're like, you know what? I've laid that down, and I need to pick it back up, because he's pointing me towards something that's very important. If you're already going toward the target, great. Bless you. I pray that you go and you all have a great day. Go out and be a blessing and hit those targets with your archer. Amen.